Welcome to the Daily Reflection Podcast. Today is January 13th, and we'll be talking with Katie F. from Philadelphia. Welcome to the podcast, Katie. Hey, Mike. We get us started with the Daily Reflection, Katie? Sure thing. All right, January 13th. It doesn't happen overnight. We are not cured of alcoholism. What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. That's from the big book, Alcoholics Anonymous, page 85. The most common alcoholic fantasy seems to be, if I just don't drink, everything will be all right. Once the fog cleared for me, I saw for the first time the mess my life had become. I had family, work, financial, and legal problems. I was hung up, hung up on old religious ideas. There were sides of my character to which I was inclined to stay blind because they easily could have convinced me that I was hopeless and pushed me toward escape again. The big book guided me in resolving all of my problems, but it didn't happen overnight and certainly not automatically, with no effort on my part. I need always to recognize God's mercy and blessings that shine through any problem I have to face. First of all, why did you pick this particular daily reflection? You know, honestly, I uh, I was just clicking around thinking about dates that are um, significant, and it happens to be my um, my grandmother's birthday on January 13th. So um, she would be 103, and, um, you know, I just picked that date, and once I read it, it was like nothing could be more perfect. Um, this, you know, all the reflections, like you said, are um, useful and meaningful, and I connect with most of them, but this one just seems to sum up um, my sobriety in a nutshell. Like, this is the back to basics for me, and this is what I need to remember every day, um, that I'm not cured, um, and that I have to continue every day um, to remember that I wake up in active alcoholism, um, and I need to take actions in order to align myself with my higher power um, and get on the right track for the day so that in everything I do, um, you know, I can be practicing the principles of the program, at least to the best of my ability, um, and hope that that, you know, will keep me from turning to a drink or turning to escape, um, like the reflection says. So was it really bad for you before you came into recovery? It's relative, right? No, I don't think anyone comes into recovery on their best day. But certainly for me, what the reflection says about realizing um, that I did have all these problems, um, that was something, you know, in the reflection, it says that when I stopped drinking, the fog cleared and I saw for the first time all these problems. In my experience, I didn't want to stop drinking partially because I knew all those problems were waiting for me. Um, I had all of the issues mentioned in the reflection. I had family problems and relationships that I had destroyed through a decade and some change of binge drinking, um, which became more and more frequent and almost always included blacking out. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not ideal to, um, be working a minimum wage job and having a DUI to pay for um, and an ignition interlock device Mm -hmm. in your car to pay for and maintain. Um, So I definitely had those financial and legal problems. I am still not allowed in Canada because of my DUI. So that, that legal remnant, you know, it's um, doesn't affect me on a daily basis, but I know it's there. And so even though things have gotten 
exponentially, unbelievably better um, since cutting alcohol out of my life and learning to work this program, um, I still have some of those, you know, I'm still living with those consequences over the past two years or so that I need to laugh at some of the, um, some of the ridiculousness of my own behavior, some of the problems of my own making. When I look at that, um, some of those situations now, it, it is, it's outrageous. It's unbelievable to me that that um, was my life at one point. Um, and definitely there was not a lot of laughing going on while I was going through it. But looking back, um, I needed all of the dark spots. And, you know, I'm not going to lie, like early on in my drinking career, I had a lot of fun um, when I was a teenager and when I was younger. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I, the mm -hmm. laughter is, it's part of the process. Katie, the title for today's reflection is it doesn't happen overnight. That could mean a number of different things. I'm, I'm curious, what does it mean to you? To me, it means, you know, there's no, there's no quick fix. Um, I can't just put down the drink and expect all of my problems to go away. Um, that's something that I've definitely learned. And while I will say that just putting down the drink early on and just cutting alcohol out of my life without doing much work at first, um, I did see some results. It did seem sort of as though it was happening overnight early on um, because I was just so amazed that alcohol and my drinking had really touched every area of my life. So when I came to AA and I said, okay, I'm going to stop drinking, that's all I expected to change was my drinking behavior. Um, but it turns out other things started getting easier. And that happened without a lot of work on my part. But the further I got into sobriety, the more stable I got living, you know, day to day without picking up a drink, the more I realized that I've got to, I've got to, um, you know, put in some work of my own. It reminds me of that saying that people say, God can move mountains, but you better bring a shovel. Um, you know, like things were happening, happening for me early on and I was seeing gifts of sobriety, um, but I had to work the steps um, and that was a time consuming you know, endeavor for me. I think I, um, I'll be working this program for the rest of my life if I intend to stay sober for the rest of my life. Um, so I'm never cured of my alcoholism. Um, and that's, you know, the first line of this reflection. And at the end of the day, that's one of the most important things for me to remember. If, if in a, any given day, I remember any part of this program and practice it to the best of my ability, behind all of that is that understanding that I'm not cured of this um, and that I need to be continuously practicing these principles and um, being diligent because I, I know how easy it is even after if I miss a few days of meetings or if I go too long without talking to my sponsor, I start to think, oh, why, you know, why was I doing that? Do I really need to be doing that? Maybe it wasn't ever that bad. Maybe I'm okay. I've been doing that for a while. Um, and for me, I know that that's dangerous thinking. Um, when I start thinking, I'm okay, I got this, that's an indication to me that I need to work my program a little harder because I'm never cured. So there might be people listening, some folks listening to this that maybe they're not all the way in. Maybe they're just kind of dipping their toe in the water and I know for me, when I first came in, the prospect of never drinking again, it was just really scary for me. And uh, I'm wondering, I know that you work with newcomers. 
do any of the newcomers that you work with express that kind of concern? Like, wait a minute, I have, I have to do this for the rest of my life. I can never, ever take another drink. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. I think every newcomer probably goes through um, that period of thinking. And even, you know, as not a brand new newcomer with a little bit of time under my belt, I still can think about that. Like, oh my God, I have to do this forever? But that's the beauty of this program is like, no, you don't have to do it forever. You have to do it for today if I want to. Um, and today, you know, through practicing this program and learning from my fellows and from our literature, like I know that it's just today that counts. And so when I talk to newcomers who are like, how am I going to get through my first wedding? How am I going to get through the holidays? It's like all valid concerns. We all think about that, but it's a practice of trying our best to just be focused on today um, because you know, I know when I was in my active addiction, I was only focused on today. That's for sure. I didn't care what happened tomorrow. And I, I maybe cared what happened yesterday because it gave me a reason to drink. Um, but so living one day at a time in my active addiction didn't seem to be a problem. Um, and now I get the opportunity to transfer that over to my sobriety and think, you know, if tomorrow I really want to drink, nothing's stopping me. Um, but today I don't. And that's, that's all that counts. And so um, for newcomers, even though that's a really difficult thing to do and it's much easier said than done, um, just practicing that focus on today um, and knowing that we get this daily reprieve. We don't get it forever and we don't have to do it forever. So what does your program look like today? Uh, I know that you mentioned meetings. What else, what else does your program include? Uh, well, my program includes um, certainly meetings almost daily um, and uh, working with others, I think, is the biggest um, part of my program right now. But that also encompasses reading the literature and, um, you know, practicing the principles, right? So I, I recently, within the past year, have started sponsoring other women. Yeah, that's a huge part of my program at this point. Um, and it's a really just great way for me to stay connected to the literature, which um, I'm going to be honest, I may not always be willing to do on my own. Picking up the big book doesn't always seem like the most appealing thing to me um, when I'm going through something. But having had the opportunity to work through this book with a couple of other um, women and giving them the suggestion that when they are struggling, this is where to turn and this is what has the answers. Um, I kind of reinforce that for myself. Um, and, you know, this book, this book is about me. This book is where my answers are at the end of the day. Um, if I am struggling, I know that there is something in here um, that can help me. So, um, you know, that's that's my program. I think it's pretty simple. It's my meetings, it's the literature, and, and it's the fellowship. You know, you mentioned how working with others helps you uh, because it, it kind of gives you motivation to go through the book because you're being helpful. But I don't think that many newcomers understand how powerful their impact on people that are in the program is. You know, for example, like someone comes into the program, they're a newcomer, they need help. And if they can muster the courage to ask someone for help, um, when that person helps them, they both benefit so greatly. You know, I tell this, the people that I work with, the sponsees that I work with, 
how much, I mean, they, they don't even know how much they're helping me. It's, it's constant progressive immersion into the program for me when I'm working with them. Right. Yeah. So working with others, definitely, you know, um, it's a symbiotic relationship, right? The new people coming in do need guidance, um, but I fully agree that I get so much uh, out of out of working with newcomers and just with other fellows, you know, talking through issues and talking through how can we practice these principles in all our affairs. Um, but especially when I'm working with sponsees, um, you know, I really, it's an opportunity for me to um, see how far I've come. Um, while I also know that, you know, if this woman that I'm working with is willing to go to any lengths, that I'm also helping her. Um, and just to see the various stages that newcomers um, that I have sponsored go through, it's a really stark reminder to me sometimes of where I have been. And that's, a, you know, a chance for me to say to them, I've been in that spot too, where I could not stop and I didn't want to be doing that. But look where you are and look where I am and we're the same, like you can do this. Um, so I think it's just a really beautiful, mutually reinforcing relationship that doesn't exist in any other part of life. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Now the reflection also says, the big book guided me in resolving all my problems. How does the big book do that? The big book guides me in solving all my problems because the big book is what contains the steps. And I am pretty certain that these 12 steps, if I applied them as directed in this book, could solve any problem in my life. Um, so I think that's, I mean, that's my big answer. But, you know, like I said, this book is about me. It has everything I need. Um, and I just trust that because I see how dedicated other members who have been successful in their sobriety are to this literature. Um, you know, it's foundational to our program. And being a product of other alcoholics, I think is really what's most important to me about this book. Um, I trust and believe the experiences of the people who put it together. Um, because I, I've heard their stories, they're documented here. I know that they drank like I drank. And if they could do it, um, I can do it. And thank, thank goodness they have um, put this all down and, and released it to the world so that we can all share in this. Um, it also mentions old religious ideas. I, when I first came in, I was kind of hung up on <laughs> old religious ideas, just like it says. And um, did you struggle with that at all? Definitely. Um, for years, I had been advised to try a 12-step program to come to AA. And I had in my head, no, oh, I know there's there's God there. I know that's what those people do. Um, and I was, just like the reflection says, hung up on my old religious ideals. Uh, I was raised in a um, Catholic family. I went to Catholic school. Um, and throughout my formative years, that became something that I rebelled against and I resented. Um, and I began to tell myself the same stories about how that's not going to help me. Um, when I was in my active addiction, I didn't think that I was worthy of um, a God to help me. or And I also didn't fully believe that, that that's what God was, because that wasn't the understanding I was raised with. I thought... Um, 
you know, if anything, God's pretty disappointed in me and would probably punish me. Um, and that was my old religious ideal. So I didn't really want to face that by coming to AA and dealing with this overwhelming seeming God thing, um, quote unquote. But once I got here, you know, I was pushed out of desperation. I had that gift of desperation. And, uh, you know, by the time I walked through the doors of my first AA meeting, my old religious ideals were kind of the least of my problems. <laughs> um, but, you know, once I started working the steps and realized, okay, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to figure this out. I'm going to have to confront my old religious ideals and, and see how um, I can be my spiritual self and, and work on my spiritual condition without letting that get in the way. Um, and AA makes that really easy because my higher power is one of my understanding. Um, and so I was able to, through talking to other people about their conception of a higher power and through reading the literature, which is so adamant that all that's needed is a start. It's a tiny little seed of willingness to believe. Like I didn't have a lot of faith. I didn't have a conception of God, but I had that little seed of willingness. Um, and I was just continually reassured that that's all I needed. Um, and today, you know, I am, um, I'm really amazed and surprised at the spiritual development that I've experienced through this program. Never in my life did I think I'd be talking about God on a podcast to another alcoholic. You know, that's something that I thought religion was, um, you know, a crutch and a weakness. And I've learned through reading the literature and through practicing it and seeing in my daily life that actually for me, um, surrendering to a higher power is the way of strength. Um, it's not a weakness at all. And I'm only strong um, if I if I acknowledge that I'm a spiritual being and I need, I need to maintain my spiritual condition. So what I'm hearing is you draw a distinction between religion and spirituality. There's most definitely for me a distinction between uh, religion and spirituality. And that's what's so beautiful about AA is there are people who do practice more organized religions. Um, but ultimately, I think for all of us, it's about a connection with a power greater than ourselves. Um, and religion doesn't have a monopoly on that. We can, you know, there's no um, certain faith that, um, you know, at the core of most you know, religious or or moral ways of living are the values that we practice. Um, and so I think for me, it doesn't need to be associated with a formal set of, of beliefs or um, or rules like I think to that I associate with more organized religions or the religion of my past. Um, and for me, it's just about that connection with a higher power, with something greater than myself. To me, that's spirituality. Um, and I can access that anytime, anywhere, if I want to. I don't have to be affiliated with a church or a formal religion. So is there anything else you want to tell somebody that might be listening, maybe a, a newcomer, any advice you have? Okay, so my, my advice to the newcomer, kind of in alignment with this daily reflection, is um, stick with it. It doesn't happen overnight just like the development and the progression of our active addiction didn't happen overnight, neither does recovery, but it is possible. Um, and so, you know, 
while it can seem defeating to think I'm never cured, there's a flip side to that. And that flip side is that I get to practice this every day. I get to live this way of life because I'm never cured. And to be completely honest, I don't know if I would want that. If I felt as though I was completely cured and I was fine, I wouldn't have this amazing community and I wouldn't be so um, devoted in my daily life to trying to practice these principles in all my affairs. So, you know, to the newcomer, while it can be really daunting to think, you know, maybe I'm never cured of this, the program is entirely um, accepting of of one day at a time. Um, so while we're never cured, you know, that's really beside the point for me. I just need to be okay today. Um, and I have faith that if I continue to do this, um, you know, I'll, I'll live a life that's full of these gifts. Thanks so much, Katie, for spending time with us and sharing your experience, strength, and hope. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mike. This is great. Thanks to all of you for listening. Thanks for your support. If you want to reach out, get in touch, you can leave a comment. You can provide a rating, give us some feedback. You can reach me at my email address, dailyreflectionpodcast at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. Have a great day, everyone.